millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast, the one podcast in the world where you answer the question that everybody wants to know is not how can you hate from outside the finals, but how can you hate from outside the draft when you can't even get in? I'm not going to do the voice. <laughs> I'm kind of tired. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, once again, it's like one of my favorite, favorite, Oof. favorite, favorite series that we do is where we, you know. Yeah. I give Jason the keys, he becomes GM, and he drafts as he sees fit. He drafts the best mm-hmm. prospect at each position. He goes 1 through 58, and we get to learn a lot. It's so informative. Jason does such a great job on this. If you listened last year, you know, we we, we predicted majority of these picks that came out, questioned some of the ones, and was like, do they got, do these guys really know what they're talking about? Or are we mm-hmm. Did we pick the better, or did they pick better? Mm-hmm. It's still yet to be seen in most of those cases. But for one yeah. thing, for sure, we do know that Josh Primo is a bust. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy wasn't anywhere in my big board top 30. That was a really bad draft pick. I don't know what the Spurs were doing. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. Smart for your own good. <laughs> yeah, literally, because the Spurs are really smart as an organization. They just can't seem to draft well. Um, but we're going to fix that today. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, that's that's the goal here, man. It's be more right than everybody else. I don't care about trying to, you know, read the tea leaves and actually predict who is going to get drafted where. I want to be able to look back and say I made the right pick and was right more than the people that were actually making the draft pick. So that you guys can, you know, come back and listen and be like, man, I really want to listen to that guy talk about the NBA draft because he's right all the time. Um, that's the goal here, man. We're we're breaking down walls. We're here to you know give you guys the best NBA draft breakdown. You know we already have the big uh, big board top thirty. Um, I got about like eighty five guys on the big board, so plenty on the draft. So yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's gonna be a good ride, and I'm excited to uh, be more right than everybody else. <laughs> So we also have about two other lists we're going through as well. So we mm-hmm. have Jason's list. Um, we also have the NBA's consensus mock draft, which only goes 1 through 14. And then I also found a couple bloggers who also have a mock draft. They go 1 through 30. So we'll kind of be comparing mm-hmm. those three lists together and just seeing, like, who really came out on top between the three mm-hmm. of those lists. So yeah. I hope you're ready for this ride. Yes, sir. You know, this is going to be a fun one. I'm excited. Every single pick has been thought about very strategically. Um, Even like the 40th pick, the 50th pick, all of them have been really thought through. So I'm really excited to get this started. All right. Well, with that, 
we're going to start first things first with the number one pick, the Orlando Magic, man. I mean, the number one guy on my big board. And, you know, I'm going to stick to my big board here with the number one pick. I believe you should choose the best player available no matter what position it is when you have a team that doesn't have anybody on it that's like going to be an all-star one day or like I feel really confident about it. The only one that could be close is Cole Anthony. Um to that and maybe Franz is a borderline guy so I'd go in my number one guy on my board and that's Jabari Smith Jr. Six foot ten freshman from Auburn uh freak of nature defends the lights out I mean the guy is so gifted athletically laterally and vertically it's really special and you pair those athletic gifts with um defensive talent and want to and intensity you get a great defender this is a special guy defensively and he's a special shot creator from self all levels of the floor i really think his mid-range shot creation is um the second best in the draft behind paulo it gets really underrated he has a lot of tough shots that are going to translate to the nba Shoots 42% from the three-point line. Is going to be a perimeter shot creator for himself. And um, all he's got to do is tighten up the handle. That's the only thing that um, he needs to do to get better. But he reminds me a lot of Paul George, man. The impact that Paul George has on the floor is a two-way talent. And he scores from similar spots on the floor. And, um, yeah, I, I really love this guy. This guy is the number one guy. And he's special. Special. Yeah. So... I'm not even going to go through it because NBA says, Jason, you're correct. Also, the bloggers yep. say, Jason, you're correct. They say that Jamari, Jabari Smith Jr. should go number one to the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah. So the, the scout defense to become a scouting, the scouting for Jabari Smith, you know, just quick little description that they have here. He says, has a size and length and picture perfect shot, become an elite scorer and the versatility of a two-way star. Bloggers see him the same way. They say he's a you know, elite um Say at least shooting a defensive upside plays in his league on any team within any ecosystem. You know, they're not worried about his handle and limited ability to create mm-hmm. space in a one on one situation or his finishing ability. And he just turned 19, so he mm-hmm. has a lot of upside. Yeah, yeah, he he checks so many boxes, man. It's it's a two guard that's six foot ten. That's basically what he is. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I agree with everything they said. Um, so we're going to transition here to number two pick. This is a really interesting decision because there's three guys on the board that you can go with here. Um, the number one two guy on my big board, and I uh, I view Jabari Smith and Jaden Ivey as the in their own tier, draft prospects wise. And you know you don't have to rush to get the perfect guy to be the perfect fit on your team and like fill gaps when you have a guy left on the board that can become a superstar like Jaden Avi. And that, what I'm saying by that is you don't have to rush to put Chet Holmgren at the center position to really be like, okay, these guys are going to pair really well with Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Josh Giddy, and they're going to run pick and rolls together and all those type of things. Yeah, that type of thing is nice, but when there's a greater prospect by a lot, on the board, I'm going to choose the greater prospect. You know, I brought up this metaphor before is, you know, I've, I've heard NBA draft. Somebody asked an NBA draft guy and GM, if he had Kobe, would he choose Yao Ming or T-Mac? And he said he would choose Yao Ming because of fit. And that's just stupid because, <laughs> you know, you choose the better player. And 
this is one of those picks for me, and this is the reason behind choosing Jaden Ivey. I mean, Jaden Ivey is my best comparison for him is his body mechanics and the way his body moves and his athletic gifts are like an identical clone of Russell Westbrook. About the same height. They are both really bulky. You know, Jaden Ivey is going to put on more muscle. He looks like he could have Russell Westbrook's just physical, muscular density. Um, athletic as all get out so gifted speed quickness first step i mean guys like this that are so gifted athletically don't even have to have an amazing handle to blow by anybody the more athletic you are the less skilled you have to be to be great um and the special thing about him and why he is so ridiculously highly touted for me is you know i compare him to russell westbrook in that sense and the passing ability he definitely shows a lot of flashes of making good passes he shows the same kind of dynamic that you would have seen russell westbrook in college both of these guys were two guards in college because russell westbrook was had Darius, darren collinson on his team as a point guard and what you see when they drive the rim defender the defense collapses and he makes good passes out right that's very translatable to the nba and i feel like he does that at a very high level and that's the kind of dynamic that you have from the guard position in the nba when there's so much spacing there's so many three-point shooters everywhere that's really going to be a, a good fit and the reason why Jaden Ivey's. I mean, yeah, if you had to say, man, Russell Westbrook would be so amazing. I understand, Jason, why you would have him number two. You're not understanding because this guy is a perimeter shot creator for himself from deep three-point range. It's just not super polished yet. Mm-hmm. That's where things get ridiculous. And I like pa- I like Chet. I like Pablo. But a guy like that is could be a top three player in the NBA or just the best player in the NBA. Because if you imagined a guy having Dame's perimeter shot creation with Russell Westbrook's body, that's a demigod, right? <laughs> that's just that's what that is, okay? Yeah. So um, th- that's where things can become special for him. The only things that are really are negative on him that I see is he his basketball IQ really needs time to develop because he doesn't have situational res- awareness kind of like Russell Westbrook where you know let's say there's 3 minutes in the left down, left in the game you're down by 5 and he might check up a 3 a deep contested 3 in the first five seconds from the shot clock and you might be thinking to yourself man that's not the right point in time to do those type of things so you know, his basketball IQ is going to need time to develop, but I can develop a mental thing. You can't you can't just get develop the athletic gifts, the gifts he has. And you have to understand when you have prospects, you have to visualize them in the NBA with NBA spacing. And this is a guy with NBA spacing. It's just dynamite. Um, some people compare him to John Morant. I could see the athletic gifts comparison, but John Morant was a 10 assist guy coming out of college. He was a special passer too. So he's not that level of a guy passing wise athletically, yeah. but it's comparable. He's D Wade, Russell Westbrook, John Morant in that tier. And I just can't pass on a talent like that. Well, NBA disagrees. Um, they go with the perfect fit, and they go with Chet Holmgren. And let me see what mm-hmm. the bloggers say here. The bloggers also go with Chet Holmgren to the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right. 
Yeah, they say his length and size make him an elite shot blocker on defense, but his skinny frame could hurt him against larger post players. Yeah. 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 I, I guess my worry with him is more so the inability to do his shot creation thing against six foot eight, six foot nine athletic players that I've seen him have issues with. If you want to see tape of it, go watch him play against Memphis and March Madness and have a really poor showing against NBA length um, and athleticism. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, going to go ahead and transition to the next pick here. Uh, Houston, since, you know, after Jaden Ivey's gone, now the crop of guys is much less um, because two guys in the top two can be top five players in the NBA. So um, it's pretty special. So the rest of the guys aren't on that level. So then if the number four guy on my big board is Chet, number three is Paolo, but it's not a huge enough dis- uh, um, huge enough difference for me not to choose Chet here because of fit. Um, because when you have KCP and Jalen Green, man, having a guy who can space the floor, a guy that has all star potential, if he KPJ. plays in them, yeah, KPJ, you thank you for always fixing that. Um, <laughs> you know, a guy that can space the floor for these guards, be a lob for that for these guards, be a good passer on the team. Um, you know, has all-star potential in the mid-post, uh, can be an okay shot blocker at the rim. You know, I view him as an above-average center athlete, nothing overly special. Um, you know, those type of things make a special offense because fit. Fit because I had Jalen Green as the number one prospect last year. And the reason why I have him as the number one prospect is because of athletic gifts. And... We're having five out, which is five players out of the paint, being able to do that and have Jalen Green, that's ridiculous. I mean, just imagine D Wade with a bunch of spacing at the rim and you'd be like, Oh yeah, what are we gonna yeah. do? That's the kind of dynamics that check and bring, and not every center can bring that because in four years, he's probably gonna be the best center shooting the three point shot in the league or him a cat. I mean, Cat shoots like 40%. I wouldn't be surprised if Chet shoots that. He's going to be that lethal with the shot at the three-point line. So, And he has he has mid-post potential um, because of his shot and his handle. Even though he doesn't do it a ton at college, if he does that, it's going to unlock his game because he has an amazing shot. No matter what has happened, he's always going to be seven foot and he has a good handle. I feel like that's the area that he could use to become an all-star, a perennial all-star, but... He just didn't do it enough, but you know, I would I would choose Chet here at three. And the NBA disagrees. Um, they have Paolo right. Bancaro here. Um, okay. And let's see, bloggers. Yeah, they also disagree. Um, so it says here that uh, his size and athletic ability make him a perfect fit in today's NBA. Should be able to contribute right away and eventually progress into a perennial All Star. True. Yeah, I, I agree with those things. He's he's really good. Uh, he's really gifted offensively, basketball IQ, scoring IQ wise. Um, it's a good transition to my next pick because I have the Sacramento Kings choosing him at four. Um, yeah, for me, man, six foot ten, and the special thing about him is two fifty, and it's two fifty of muscle. And you know what I mean? That guy's probably going to be in four years, 6'10", 265, 270, and just be rocked up. 
And whenever he decides to go to the rim, people move <laughs> like it's it's a bull. Um, that's yeah. his special gifts. And that's something he's always going to have because strength doesn't age, man. Like that's something that's going to stick with him all throughout his career. Um, he's kind of like athletically like mellow where he's not a great athlete or above average athlete, but he's just good enough to be a good scorer and be athletic enough for this first eight to 10 years and might decline after that. But, you know, size, 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 six foot 10, you know, he's a small forward skill and a six ten body. He really reminds me of a six foot 10 Paul Pierce in the way he plays. He's the best mid range footwork in the draft. Um, probably the highest scoring basketball IQ in the draft or up there. Um, he really understands how to score the basketball. He's definitely an improving passer. He's an above average passer. He makes a lot of good decisions. It's not like he's going to be running a ton of pick and rolls um, and be a great decision maker like that. But, you know, a lot of people worry about his defense, but you know, the thing you can't teach is having a guy six foot, another six foot 10 guy at the rim. So even though he might not be a defensive stopper, you're still going to have extra size on your team. So yeah, I'm going with Paulo here. Mm. Okay. Well, NBA disagrees. And so does the bloggers. They have number four, Jaden Ivey, um, ultra athletic guard in the mold of John Morant. He can create his own shot with a quick first step. We'll need to improve defensively to become elites. Still, yeah, who's writing that? How about the guy developing his perimeter shot be making the greatest athletic dynamic to perimeter shooter of all time? Like, like you thought Dame coming down with his athleticism down the lane was special. I mean, dear goodness. if With all the spacing that a deep three-point shooter can provide for his team, if, if that ever happens, this guy be ridiculous i defense is not the number one thing he needs to work on uh, i completely yeah. disagree you know you can't expect not most 19 year olds don't love playing defense you know what i mean it's rare mm-hmm. but you know it's there it's scotty scotty barnes scotty barnes jabari smith jeremy sohan a little bit of a teaser for later in the draft <clears throat> all right Gonna go ahead and transition to the next pick, and you're not gonna find anybody that has a guy like this because you know I really truly believe in this guy. He's the most underrated player in the draft, Nikola Jokic. Um, six foot eleven, seven foot wingspan. You know it's kind of funny in a draft full of guys that have more skill than their position says. For some reason, two plus two isn't equaling four on a guy who's basically has combo guard skill at six foot eleven, and I'm not exaggerating that. You know, it's it's crazy. I see him run. Everything he does in his league in Serbia really translates to the NBA. I've seen him come off ball as the guard, guy actually running off screens, um, shooting. He shoots 35% from the three-point line. You know, he does a really good job of that. He really understands running pick and rolls as the guard, which is freaky. Um he really makes good decisions out of them. By far the best passer of the power forward position. It's not even m- close. Um, he's special passing the wise, power forward wise. Um, you can even just call him a small forward or shooting guard, whatever you want to call him. He's special. And perimeter shot creation for himself. Like that's a very invaluable skill at six foot eleven that if he's able to do in the NBA, nobody's gonna be able to stop because of height, right? He might not be the greatest athlete ever, but I think his 
unathleticism is getting overrated a little bit because people aren't factoring in size. Size, size, size is what you should be factoring into this guy because six foot eleven. So, you know, he's really got a nasty turnaround one-legged jumper that he pulls basically anywhere in the mid-range that is really tough to stop, his go-to move. And it's unblockable because of his at his height. He just can't do anything with it. He has a good finishing package because of height. <laughs> you just can't do anything with it. And, you know, I I would challenge you to go look up Hito Tukerlu. And, you know, when the Orlando Magic and Dwight Howard went in their NBA title run, he was the second best player. 18, 6, and 6. 6 foot 10. And if you watch him play, you're like, dear goodness, he is so slow. He moves like syrup on down a tree. It's terrible. But he's skilled, right? He's running pick and rolls. He's making good decisions out of the pick and rolls. He's a good passer. He can come off ball. He can shot rate for himself. That's similar to this guy, but he's taller and a little more athletically gifted and um, more developed at his age. So, you know, it's basically like Hedo 2.0, and his potential is ridiculously high because of height, 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 and height. Hmm. Well, and the NBA disagrees once again. Um, They have Keegan Murray going number five. Um, it says good decision maker with the intelligent athleticism to become a reliable defender on either big men or wings has steady jump shot that should improve with time. And let's see what bloggers say. And the bloggers, surprisingly, differ from the NBA. The first four no. completely the same. Bloggers have Benedict Matherin going to the Detroit Pistons. I could see that. He's a sixth guy on my big board. I, 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 I it, He would be five if it wasn't for Nikolaevich, so I could definitely see the fitting. He'd be a good fit and, uh, in Detroit. Little side note about Nikola Jovic. Um, I would like to see him go to Denver, honestly, just so hmm. they could be like the Joker and the Jover. No? Okay, I'll stop. They have the 21st <laughs> pick in the draft. 21st pick. Ooh, he I, he, if he does, and, you know, he's in mock drafts in 20s. If he does, that would be crazy. I would lose my stuff. The Joker and the Jover? Yeah, Whew. deadly combo. Stop. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> can't stop. Maybe stop. The, the Job, Job, the Job. I don't know what they call him. Maybe the Jovic brothers, <laughs> the that Serbian duo. The Serbian duo, something. Yeah, ah, right, Serbian national team. Watch out in four years, dear goodness. Right. <laughs> that's, that's gonna be a tough matchup. Yeah, it will be a tough matchup. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they'll call him. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and transition to the next pick. And um, Indiana Pacers, you know, there's probably going to be trades happening to this team, but, you know, it's kind of like they have every position filled. Um, if you just disregard trades, they have Malcolm Brogdon, they got Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Chris Duarte, Miles Turner, you know what I mean, and TJ Warren. And the only gap that's on their team that I can 100% know that if I fill, that even if they make a trade, it's still going to be needed there. And that's the small four position. 
And the small forward position, number seven guy on my big board, and the number one small forward in the draft for me is Tari Eason. Six foot eight, seven foot two wingspan, sophomore from LSU. Um, special athlete at six foot eight. I mean, he is a ridiculous defender. He plays with intensity. I love intensity. I love intense players because it usually means they're workers. Usually means they love basketball. It's hard to be an intense guy and not actually love the sport. Um, so I really like that about players, and he's one of those guys. He also has perimeter shot creation for himself. It's pretty special traits. Um, there's definitely some mid-range shot creation for himself. There's a couple moves and a really reliable spin move that he has going to the rim. And it's just there's so many parameters of small forwards that I look for. I'm a really big believer in height and athletic gifts. And when you're six foot eight, seven foot two. And you have athletic gifts and you can shoot 36% from the three-point line and you have a handle and you have shot creation for himself. That's a lot of traits of a lot of all-star small forwards. Now, he's not 100% there yet skill-wise, but there's definitely a lot to go off of where it makes me think that Tari East would be a good pick there. And they have nobody else on that team who can guard other than Miles Turner. So having another guy that can defend because he's a really special defender, probably top five defender in the draft, um, around four or five. And uh, yeah, I would go with Tari Eason here. He's the right fit. And the NBA, once again, disagrees. Um, for number six, they have Shaden Sharp. Yeah, the guy who sat out his entire freshman <laughs> year. Yeah. That's what they have going number six. So, here's why. Athletic wing who can make a difference on both ends with finishes around the rim and a reliable jump shot. Of course, sad his freshman year at Kentucky, so the year layoff could affect his transition. Hmm. Let's see what the bloggers yeah. say. The bloggers have Keegan Murray going number six. So, they have a similar mind frame of putting a small forward in there. Um, you know, I could see it if you have him as your number one small forward, but I personally don't think he's the number one small forward in the draft. I think he's very overrated. He's on my 13 on my big board, so I would not pull the trigger here. I, I believe in Tari some more, for sure. He was just... I mean, when you're the sixth man on your team and you're averaging 16 points per game, I would say you're pretty special. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just because Keegan Murray got all those minutes and volume scoring and has all those stats, you know, stats don't mean anything from a college player. Tell me how good of a call, tell me how good of an NBA player JJ Redick is. Tell me how there's like a gazillion guys that were Adam special Morgan. in college. Yes, there's a gazillion of those guys, man, that are special in college, but doesn't translate because the NBA is just not like college. It's nothing like mm -hmm. it. So, um, you know, I'm going Tari's in here, man. That's my guy. Anthony Bennett. <laughs> he, he wasn't a great college player. No. I think yeah, it was like. <laughs> yeah, because the Cavs sucked at drafting. <laughs> hey, hire me. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I go ahead and transition to the next pick. And the next pick is a, a guy that can do two things at once for you for the Portland Trailblazers because it's a it's a conversation of, man, we really want to win right now. 
if it's Dame and we might like refill the cap and maybe trade Anthony Simmons and some picks and try to rebuild or, you know, go to the future and we'll trade Dame. Like nobody knows what they're going to do, even though I think they should trade Dame. So, um, you know, they have Anthony Simmons at the point guard. They have Dame at the point guard. And, you know, I'm I'm going to choose a two guard, the number six guy in my big point. That's Benedict Matherin. Man's a good three-point shooter, throws 38% from the three-point line, has athletic gifts, really, really athletic two guard. Um, number one two guard in my big board because I have you, Jaden Ivey, as a point guard. Um, and just so special at... One operating a pick and roll is he's the second best two guard passer in the draft. He's really gifted at it, and um, he really can run pick and rolls well. Good defender, good finisher around the rim. Has no mid range game whatsoever. But I really envision this guy being an eighteen and five guy moving in the forward, eighteen and four, just being a really good two guard in the NBA, um, and being an efficient guy. So you know, and he's ready to do it right now too because he's gonna be a starting two guard day one they got bj boston who, who's probably they're gonna be their small forward moving forward in the future anyway so mm. i'm going benedict mather in here and that's number seven correct yes and the nba the nba agrees wow they had benedict Matherin going number seven says a willing shooter who established him, who established himself as one of the nation's best shooters off the catch his skill sets to translate well to the NBA, where spacing should help him get his shot. And yeah. bloggers say Dyson Daniels to Portland. Do they know basketball? <laughs> they got Anthony Simmons on the team. Yeah, they say Dyson Daniels. The man bloggers. dropped like 50 in a game, right? <laughs> yeah, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. God. Yeah. The amount of stupidness coming from that pick is just ridiculous. <laughs> you know what we're going to do? Hey, hey, yeah, you, GM, you know what? You, know, I have a great idea. Great idea. Great idea. This is the best idea I've ever had in my whole entire life. Let's have three point guards be the three best players in my team. I, I like where you're going. I like where you're going. Exactly. I like where you're going. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the stupidest things ever, too. Yeah, we're just going to wait on Ricky Rubio for two years. And, you know, it's not like we can't just sign a free agent. Point guard. We might as well just drop Johnny Flynn with the lottery pick as well for two years. Like, dude. Neither one of them were Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves. Terrible organization. They just have... Number one picks on the team right now. That makes them look good. But we're going to fix that in the mock draft. So if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I got all the answers. I really thought, I really, I really feel like I did the Minnesota Timberwolves justice. So stay, stay tuned. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and transition to the number eight pick and to the number 16 guy on my big board. And you're going to reach for fit here when you have absolutely everything else on your team. You have Jonas Valanciunas, Jackson Hayes at the center position. You have Zion, Trey Murphy Jr. at power forward, or he's a small forward or two. Like he's a six foot nine lanky three and D guy that they drafted last year in the draft. You got Brandon Ingram. You got um, what's that guy from Alabama? Uh, he was in the draft last year, Herb Jones. Um, I was also high on Herb Jones, too, coming out of the draft. I had him 
I thought he would be a good 3 and D player as well. Uh, and you have CJ McCollum. So all those things are non-point guards. Like, all you need is a point guard, and then this team works. And I'm going to choose the one point guard left on my big board, even if it's a little bit of reach. And that guy is Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington, smooth operator. One, he has 17 assists in the game. Like, that's a good... He's a really good passer. He has really good basketball IQ. Really can manipulate the basketball floor to his advantages. Um, he's not an overly overwhelming shot creator for himself, but what he does do is play a very efficient brand of the point guard position where he can come off the pick and roll and he can hit the three. You know, he shoots very well. From, he's mid threes, the 35, 34, 36% from the three point line. Um, he does that really well. He can get in the mid range, has a really solid pull up from the elbow that is butter. Um, his pull up jump shot in the mid range is really, really good. And he has a good finishing package six foot three, six foot eight wingspan from Kentucky. He has a really good finishing patches. He's one of those smooth operators. And, you know, it just it fits. They need a high basketball IQ guy that can lower turnovers and be a good fit on the team and just be a point guard and fill in the position and fill in the weaknesses because CJ McCollum's not a starting point guard on a good team. It just doesn't work like that. You need because they'll have a gazillion turnovers. They'll be worse than the Boston Celtics. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Pelicans drafting Ty Ty. NBA disagrees. They say that they should go Dyson Daniels. If that's no one point guard on your board, then I can understand it. Um, but I don't have him uh, number one left on the board. So point guard position. Australian playmaker who, like fellow countryman Josh Giddy, is an above average passer with court vision and desire to facilitate for teammates, lockdown defender at the other end. And the bloggers say Shaden Sharp going number eight. <sighs> If it's an, a non-point guard, I don't care if you get God himself. It's going to be a D. <laughs> you have too many players at other positions. You're trying to win right now. CJ McCollum's not getting any younger. Uh, no. 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 It's a point guard. If it's not a point guard, then Dan Gilb- What? What's his last His last, his last name is Griffin. Dan Griffin, yeah. Brian David, Griffin, David, Bob David Griffin. Griffin. David Griffin needs fired. Yeah, if he doesn't draft a point guard, he needs to get fired. Or, you know, he could have just been smart and got Lonzo for the low. <laughs> Duh. Oh, yeah. Talk about a decision you probably want back. Dear goodness. He would fit so like, perfectly on that team. Keep him. Just keep him. Yeah. So you have to do is just keep him. Just keep him. Pay Give him, him 81. Keep him. 81 million. Oh. Just beat him. That's pretty cheap for Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Listen, come on now. You break the game yeah. eighty million. And he was like, "You matched it. I'll take it." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, stupid, stupid, stupid. Eighty stupid. million in one penny. <laughs> like, deal. Did you tr- <laughs> right? Did you try? <laughs> stupid man, stupid. Stupid is stupid does, sir. Stupid is then stupid need, does. Then you would need a point guard in the draft. Yeah. Ah, dumb dumbs, I swear. All right. The next pick, we got the San Antonio Spurs up, and, you know, they've been screwing up a lot of drafts lately. They haven't really made a good pick since DeJounte Murray. Um, It's been a while. been a while since I had a good pick. Um, So we're going to fix that today. Number eight guy on my big board, the top guy left on my big board, is somebody I love a lot, Orlando Robinson. 
I mean, the guy is mm-hmm. six foot eleven, seven foot four wingspan, a junior from Fresno State. I disagree with everybody that has him a lot lower in the draft. You know what I mean? And you know, I think his special is yeah, he's a he's the best post player in the draft, best footwork and the post in the draft. Sure, it's really special. Okay, it's like double on site off the catch. Okay, that's really cool, Jason. A, go, a good post guy to the Spurs. I could see it. I could see it, but you know, it's a little high. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what about if I told you he's a mid-range shot creator for himself and a mid-range, mid-post dynamic, dynamic player because of his handle? Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen so many top-tier power forwards and centers put people in the mid-post and say, hey, I'm either going to hit this shot over you because I can shoot it, I'm going to put this ball on the ground and handle and get past you with either handle skill or great athletic gifts. And he has great handle skill. He doesn't have great athletic gifts. He's going to be an average center athlete for his career. But where we're going with here is, okay, that's pretty nice, Jason. I could see where you're going with the eighth pick. What if I told you he shoots 35% for the three-point line? Oh, so now you can pick and pop. Now now you have more versatility. Okay. Okay, Jason, I could see where you're going from the A-pick. Okay. What if I told you he flashes premier shot creation for himself and actually has a handle? That's where things get special. There's just so many times, man, where he just crossover, pull. I'm like, what? The center's not supposed to do that. A guy that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because the NBA is two things. I mean, I'm a big believer in athleticism and size. Big. Really big. I really truly believe in it. Athletic size is the keys to the NBA. Or you have to be ridiculously skilled and have some size to overcome. And he's six foot eleven. He'll always be tall. You he's not gonna shrink. And he's always gonna be so ridiculously skilled look at little marcus aldridge look how slow he is man's got concrete on his feet but he's a winning basketball player in his time because of shooting and skill this guy's similar to LaMarcus Aldridge. Actually, now that I think about it he's more of a car accurate comparison to him than i thought that um you know rasheed wallace was but he's that kind of guy rasheed wallace LaMarcus Aldridge, Marcus Saul, where they're just so ridiculously skilled that it doesn't matter that they're not great athletes. And I think he's getting a little underrated as an athlete. People are really um, underrating his athleticism. I mean, if you turn on the tape, you see some pretty great dunks and the fast break and stuff like that. So I just I think he's very underrated. He has also good lateral movement on the perimeter where I just I just don't think he's going to have concrete feet to where it's going to be exposed every possession. And I've just seen too many guys in recent memory be highly skilled like this and dominate. And then, you know, some teams may not use him that way, but San Antonio Spurs with Greg Popovich, who's had Tim Duncan, who's had LaMarcus Aldridge, who's had David Robinson, he's going to be able to use him the correct way. This is a match made in heaven. And, you know, if the San Antonio Spurs are listening to this podcast, listen to me. Draft him. Do something right for once. Josh Primo wasn't your, wasn't shouldn't have been drafted there. I get it. I get it. You have issues, but Orlando Robinson, change your team around. Be a great pairing with Don J. Murray. Finally, have a skilled center with him. So, Orlando Robinson, number nine.
and the NBA disagrees. They have Johnny <laughs> Davis going number nine to the San Antonio Spurs. Get out of here, bro. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying, all right. You know what we have on our team? Yeah, we got DeJounte Murray. You know what else we have? Josh Primo. You know, we spent a lottery pick on him. You remember that guy, Lonnie Walker? Oh, yeah, we spent a lottery pick on him, too. He's a two-guard. We're going to add another six-foot-five two-guard to the list? I really know basketball. Like, what? <laughs> Makes no sense. No sense. No sense. Oh, my gosh. I should pop him in the head and say you should have had a V8. Um... <laughs> So, Johnny Davis, a guard who likes to work in the paint, Davis has a mid-range game that could translate well to the NBA, has shown the desire and passion to become a solid defender. And the bloggers say... Jalen Duran. I could see them putting a center here. I could see a lot of centers going here. Mark Williams, Jalen Duran. Um, Jalen Duran doesn't seem like a spur, though. I could see Mark Williams. I, I could see them being intrigued by the size and the post um, skill and the f- potential there. I, Jalen Duran's not overly skilled. I just, I just don't think he's a spur. I don't know what it is. I just don't think he's a spur unless they view him as a raw prospect to develop. Then maybe. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Who knows? You know, man, it's it's going to be fun watching because in the draft I have two two guys in the top eight that get drafted in mock drafts in the 20s. And I'm going to be like, you know, last year it was really fun for me for the draft because I knew Sean Bones Highland, number 15 on my big board. I'm a real big believer in him. One, go check the guy out, right? I mean, the guy's a top 15 scorer in the, out of the rookie class, and he was drafted 26 of the Denver Nuggets. And I was like on edge every draft pick, like, who's going to get Bones? Who's going to get a real upgrade in the team? And the Nuggets get him. I'm like, oh, He's going to be eventually the rotational guy for Jamal, Jamal Murray. Like that, That's tough. <sighs> it's going to be fun. I'm going to be walking, watching for Nikola Jovic and Orlando Robinson where they go. Because the Spurs have a pick at 20 that I think if Orlando's there. You know, I... I you know, if they choose him at 8, yeah, sure, great. But, you know, he probably is going to go in the 20s if mock drafts are correct. At number 20, if he goes to San Antonio, we'll be like, yes, 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 yes. We're going to be so right because fit could make an issue for Orlando Robinson because if he's like at the Charlotte Hornets where they play up-tempo and they don't post and they might not use him correctly, I'm like, you know, I had the same issue last year with Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell gets drafted to the Sacramento Kings. They have Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox. I'm like, gosh darn it, I liked him. really liked him out of the draft. I was like, dang it, why did he get drafted to a terrible spot? Um, so fit's going to matter. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. You ready to transition to the next guy? Yep. All right. Now, this is one that I've just been going back and forth so much about. It's insane. Um, you know, the Washington Wizards, it's hard to know if Bradley Peel is going to be there. Um, but if he is there, I don't want to choose somebody that's not going to fit on that team and make that team better. So I'm going to pull the trigger on the 18th guy on my big board. The- this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Number one point guard left on my big board, and that's Dyson Daniels. Um, you know, like people described him earlier, this is a six foot seven, six foot eleven guy. Um, he, people compare him to Josh Giddy. Um, I think Josh Giddy is a much more gifted passer. Josh Giddy was a really great passer coming out of the draft and more skilled, especially from the perimeter. So I don't feel like that's a hundred percent a comparison, but he can really make good passes. He's the most gifted highlight passer in the draft where it's like he can make full court passes and stuff like that that really catch your eye but he's not like a ridiculously high basketball iq guy but it's not like it's a negative for him basketball iq wise but he's not like cp3 or something like that um but he's a good finisher at the rim he has touch and skill that's going to translate to the next level he isn't really strong body um really bulky point guard it's an odd build but he's not gifted athletically so that's something that's uh, a little bit of a negative for him but you know he he passes well rebounds well at his size um if he has enough volume this is a guy that could at the top of his game be a triple double guy where he's not averaging triple double for a year but might have a few throughout the season um because of size and rebounds and passing you know might not be a high scorer but it kind of reminds me of spencer dinwiddie a little bit um because of size and awkwardness and you know the awkward finishes around the rim, even though Dinwiddie might be a better athlete, but the negative is 25% from the three point line. Like that's got to develop. He has no perimeter shot creation for himself. That's really got to develop. But from the wizards, they have no point guards. And if they have Beal back, now you have a point guard, make good passes. I don't view this guy as ever being more than a 15 to 16 point per game score, but he can be a good passer on a team and be a good point guard. Um, I would choose him here because other than center position, I maybe even center position because they got Kuzma, they got KP. KP might be used to center. I don't know what they're going to do there because they got Kuz, they got Denny Avia, they got Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura's a power forward. Denny is six foot nine, small forward. Kuz is small forward, power forward. Like, are you really going to have all those power forwards and then put KP on the team starting a power forward? I don't really know. I would probably have KP at center. You know what I mean? So they have Beal, and then you just fill in the gap there. It's Dyson Daniels. NBA disagrees. They have A.J. Griffin going number 10 to the Washington Wizards. And 
I would disagree. I would disagree. I, I just... I mean, if you are assuming Beal's going to be there, then there's no real point. Because Kuz is a small forward. You know, the Danny Adavia, they spent, like, a really high-level lottery pick on a few years ago. They probably wanted to develop him, too. So, AJ Griffin kind of would be a wasted pick. So they say one of the best scorers in the draft, thanks to an arsenal of moves and solid mid-range game, he has the wingspan and size to become a lockdown defender. And the bloggers say Tari Eason to the Washington Wizards. Now I think that would be too many forwards, but I love the talent. So I would think about if he was there. Because yeah. I, I love the talent so much. I would really think about it. Because he's number seven on my big board. Right. Yeah. All right. You ready to transition to the next pick? Mm-hmm. Now, this is one I've gone back and forth on. And if you're like, you know, I'm a really big big board guy. I like to follow my big board. And um, I really value the top tier guys. And there's three guys on the big board that are top three. And two of them are two guards. And I just don't believe in drafting a two guard when the your biggest future asset is RJ Barrett. So you know you have the eleventh pick in the draft, and you know you're a team that doesn't have any point guards left on the board. I just don't view Kennedy Chandler as a lottery pick. Um, so you know the center position and Mitchell Robinson can be upgraded, and I think Mark Williams is a special center. He's a number eleven guy on my big board. He's the third highest guy left on the big board. At the point in this draft, and seven foot two, seven foot six wingspan, gifted athletically, vertically, and at laterally. I haven't seen a guy seven foot two move laterally the way he does in a very, very, very long time. Special gifts that way. Um, has post potential because he not like has great footwork, but when you're just so gifted physically like he is with his height, you could really see him becoming such a dominant force inside where he could expose people. Um, seven foot two, people have to understand that's taller than Embiid. Like that's that's a big dude, um, and he's rocky as well. Like he's not a thin bull bull guy. No, he's like a thick guy that'll put on size and become a man amongst boys um so you know it's this is this is the kind of guy in the 90s that would probably be a top three pick in the draft um because of intrigue of post play and dominance at the rim and how that was valued then so you know this is this is a guy that fits because you know i'm drafting for tom thibodeau and tom thibodeau is an old school defensive guy and it just he fits he plays his intensity too Really, really intense player. I love that about him. Rebounds well and um, has really good coordination for his size. Sometimes centers that tall, like Alex Len, could be uncoordinated human beings. He's just not that. So, yeah, I am going Mark Williams, 11. And the NBA disagrees. They have okay. Jalen Duran going number 11. Yeah, I mean, as long as this is center, I could see it. I would have Mark Williams above him, though. Yeah, since young talent with a big upside, a physically True. gifted big man who can finish around the rim, potentially become top defender who can protect the rim and defend the pick and roll. And mm-hmm. the bloggers say, A.J. Griffin to the New York Knicks. Now, I could see that because they could do kind of need shooting. Um, I think that's a weakness of the Knicks, so I could see that from that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
go ahead and transition to the next one. And the next one is the 12th pick. And since I have Jaden Ivey going to the Oklahoma Thunder at two, now you can pull the trigger on a center, and his name is Jalen Durant. I mean, Jalen Durant is going to be a great fit with all this guard talent that I've amassed and um, just going to be a lob threat for all of them, be a great screener for all of them, be a great rebounder for all of them, and be a great defender for all of them. Really reminds me a lot of DeAndre Jordan. He's from Methodist, six foot ten. Um, he really didn't re- whip, put his wing, uh, put his measurements out there, but Rocky built like DeAndre Jordan physically, where it's just like gifted physically, muscles wise. Um, has no skill at all. So you know, it's a developmental project skill wise, but at the very least, he can be DeAndre Jordan. And as long as they get a a wing that can shoot threes, um, in the future, this team could be. Really, really nice. Moving forward. Mm. Well, NBA disagrees. They have number twelve, Jeremy Sochan. So- Sochan, Sochan. His abilities mm-hmm. on the defensive and make him a unique option. His versatility gives him a chance to contribute immediately as a positionless big man. And the bloggers say, "Oh, they agree with the NBA." Yeah, I mean, I could see them pulling the trigger on him from the defensive perspective, but uh, he's the 19th guy on my big board. And, you know, because I didn't choose Chet ones, there's dominoes that are going to fall to change the way the outlook of the draft. But, you know, I would even think about a two guard here. I think Lou Dort's overrated. I think a 17 points per game is fluff stats. I I don't believe in him being a high tier starter in the NBA. Um, So, you know, I don't really feel like that's set moving forward in the future. He just, there's nobody else on that team that can score other than Shingles Sh- or Alexander. So he just has points, empty stats, empty stats. Mm. Poor Lou Dort. <laughs> just, I just ripped into him, but I would rather choose a two guard there. You know, Jalen Williams um, on the board. If they're doing that mock draft, I would choose Jalen Williams to choose your two guard in the future. But, you know, it is what it is. We can yeah. agree to disagree. All right, I'm going to go ahead and transition to the next pick and uh, definitely the number one guy on my big board left really fits this team, Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp's here going six foot five, six foot eleven wingspan. Good perimeter shot creator for himself, flashes that high school tape. Um, good athlete finishing around the rim, and that's it. He doesn't have a mid-range game. He doesn't have a good passer. He's not a good defender. It's literally just that you're betting on the potential of those two traits meshing in the future. And um, I feel like the risk-reward ratio is worth it here. You pair him with the mellow, and maybe you get a great score one day with the mellow ball. And I, I could see it fitting. So, you know, high potential, high upside. I'm going shade and sharp here. And the NBA disagrees. They have Mark Williams going here. I could see them drafting a center. There's a lot of good centers in this draft. Um, it's a really good s- shot blocking center draft. It's pretty gifted, honestly. So yeah. Yeah, and the description they have here is physical specimen with an absurd nine foot nine standing reach and great mobility for his dimensions that allowed him to be a force around the basket on both ends for most of his sophomore season. Yeah, it's true. Very true. And the blog, and the bloggers say, Johnny Davis to the Hornets. <sighs> I can see them sh- pulling the trigger on a two guard. Yeah. 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 
say who's going to be it, James Booknight or XYZ, Johnny Davis, or, you know, my Shade and Sharp pick. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be really interesting. All right, you ready to transition to the next pick? Yeah. All right. Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm doing you a favor. You're welcome. You know, as a Cleveland Cavalier fan, I would like to put up my hands and be thanked for actually choosing my, uh, making this good draft pick. I also would like to be thankful. I'm sure you're thankful, too, for actually having a good head coach and a GM for once in the past decade. You know what I mean? And I'm just glad to have it. Um, Bickerstaff's a really good coach. The GM is really good. Um, the draft picks that he's made recently have been solid. And the development of Darius Garland and Evan Mobley have been really good. So I'm glad to be a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Well, more and more presents come. The number one guy on my big board, one of my personal favorites, is Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Number one guy on the big board left. He's number 10 on my big board, but I'm saying, like, as his mock draft is going, he's the top guy left. <sighs> um, six foot five, seven foot two wingspan, and I'm just so excited about this. 18 points per game. Junior in college, uh, 40% from the three-point line, um, shoots 80% from the three-throw line, which is great stats for a shooter. Um, the By far the best passer at the two-guard position by a gazillion miles in the draft. Um, James Harden-ish, it's really special. If this guy was a special athlete, then this guy, I would be talking generational talent here from um, Jalen Williams. Um, and... What I, what I love about him is he's not a great athlete. He's an above average or just an average athlete. But when he does, man, it, he's a smooth operator from basketball IQ perspective. What I mean by that? Takes great angles. Cuts defenders off. Really understands footwork. Really understands how to manipulate defenses at an extremely high level. He really understands how to attack the basket. How to use his body. How to use... He's just aware of everything. His basketball IQ is by far far the highest at the two guard position and it's point guardish where it's just special in the sense of the way his footwork works and he's got step back threes he's got sidestep threes he's he's a good three-point shooter he plays at his pace he doesn't let anybody speed him up i've just seen too many point guards um you know what i mean that like shaden shay gildas alexander shay gildas alexander plays at his pace you know what i mean doesn't let anybody speed him up. And those guys are tough to scout coming out of the draft because I really care about athleticism. But I really believe in the way he plays and the, the things the, the things that I see. He plays very much like James Harden. Um, you know, he's just not quite as explosive as James Harden was in his peak. Um, but it's it's a guy that's very developed basketball. Like, why isn't why he fits for the Cavs? First things first. I'm not 100% sold that Karis Levert's going to be healthy for the rest of his life. I mean, the guy's had a gazillion injuries, first things first. Secondly, I mean, the he's got high upside, but I think Jalen Williams has higher upside. And, you know, also, what's great for them right now is I think he's a good enough passer to be the backup point guard and the two guard. So he fills in two spots. He brings a lot of good passing when Darius Garland isn't on the floor. So I'm not expecting them to keep context. And I'm expecting one of these point guard needy teams to pull the trigger on overpaying him and the Cavs not being able to retain context. And so I really can see myself loving Jalen Williams to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And this is my pick. 
Well, the NBA disagrees. They have Usman Dane going number 14 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I could see them choosing a boomer bust guy. I, I don't I don't hate that. So it says intriguing wing with a great size, potential as a shot maker, and fluidity with the ball who faced a steep learning curve in his first season playing outside of France. True. And the yeah, blogger say Malachi Branham. What? Yeah. He's like the 25th or 26th guy on my big board. Why would he ever be in the lottery? What? That's terrible. What is going on here? Yeah. Bloggers. I'll, I'll, I'll read the description. So, this is Malachi Branham. If he's the Cavs' actual pick, he is more of a pick for later than pick right now. Um, but in theory, he fits as a connective piece between the team's core pieces. There is, there is Garland. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. He's got the size necessary to play on the wing, can be a secondary creator off of Garland, and if his three-point shooting at Ohio State translates to the NBA, is the kind of space that the team needs. Given time to develop, perhaps playing spot minutes in year one as Karis LeVert fills in the role, I mean, fills the role, he'll ideally fill in in a year's time. He can be a nice complimentary piece that offers skills the Cavs' lead options don't. Terrible. This is probably written by from Ohio guy. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's probably some OHIO bias in that pick because Malachi Brynum is just not the kind of athlete to be in the lottery. Uh, it's just, yeah. You, if you're six foot five and you're not gifted athletically and or ridiculously skilled like Jalen Williams, then I'm not thinking about. And Jalen Williams' seven foot two wingspan is going to overcome a lot of his athletic goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> going to go ahead and transition. And, uh, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers listens to the true Ohio and Basketball Addicts podcast because we really know the draft more than the bloggers. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, also, before we continue forward, um, that number 14 was where the NBA um, mock draft ends. They only do 1 through 14, so I'm going to be strictly reading in comparison from the bloggers. So be prepared for stupidity. Sounds like a bet. <laughs> All right. You know, this, the fall of Keegan Murray stops here at 15. Um, you know, he's the 12th guy on my big board. You know, they need a small forward. He can really defend well. Six foot eight, shoots 39% for the three point line. Um, you know, I'm not a big believer in him because a post guy that does most of his work in the post at the small forward, a power forward position at six foot eight, it's not ridiculous to give to the athletically like Zion Williamson, does not translate to the NBA. But. Flashes like there's about five to ten plays out there of him premier shot creating for himself. So there's flashes of that skill. There's flashes of him coming off ball screens and stuff like that. He is a good athlete. So he's just he's going to be a solid small forward in the NBA. <coughs> I don't think it's going to be terrible, but I don't think he's going to be as amazing as some people want to make him out to be. But I would choose Keegan Murray here, 15 for the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, get the small forward position they need. And bloggers disagree. They have Mark Williams going number 15 to the Charlotte Hornets. I would be surprised if he falls out of the lottery. I'd be shocked. Yeah. Shocked. But if he's there, I would choose him. <laughs> Thank you, please. <laughs> yeah. Come again, sir. They, they, they disagree on where you draft him, but they kind of have the same idea. Yeah. That he needs to go to Charlotte. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. It's funny. All right, you ready to transition? Yep. 
Atlanta at 16. Now, this is really tough because I have A.J. Griffin, the highest guy left on my big board. Um, he's at 13, and the next guy left on the big board is Johnny Davis at 15. And The reason why I'm not choosing A.J. Griffin is because they already have Kevin Herter. They already have a guy like A.J. Griffin. And Johnny Davis is a mid-range shot creator for himself. That's a different dynamic of the two-guard position. And... Um, you know, it fits really well with Trey Young because he scores from completely different different spots on the floor from Trey Young. So I could see that pairing working, kind of like CJ McCollum and Dame, where he becomes that mid range guy, and it gives the defense a different thing to worry about. And then Dame's coming in with the three point shots from the volleyball line. So I could see this pairing working. You know, there could be intrigue. I just don't think Johnny Davis is, I mean, uh, AJ Griffin's the defender everybody thinks him to be, or the mid range shot creator everybody, you know, for some reason thinks he is, even though he never does it in the NBA, in the college. So um, I'm going Johnny Davis, Atlanta Hawks. Well, with the number 16th pick, the bloggers disagree. They have Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. I 10th guy on my big board. If he was there, I would run to the podium and say, thank you for messing up NBA uh, draft draft, uh, draft scouts and GMs. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a special pairing. If that actually happens, I would be like, Oh my gosh, the Atlanta Hawks are going to be so special for a while. (laughs) He's one of the, one of those guys, man, that's underrated. And I can't wait to see where he goes. Him, Nicole, Yovich and Orlando Robinson. I'm really excited about those guys. Those are my guys. My guys. Yeah. Alrighty. You ready to transition to the next guy? Yep. All right. The Houston Rockets. You know, you have Chet Holmgren. You already have some spacing. Um, by far the best player left on the board is AJ Griffin. And you choose him. Six foot six, small forward, shooting guard. You know, on the Rockets, he's probably gonna be a small forward. But, you know, Gives him more, gives them more spacing, more three point shooting. Um, you know, he does have some chance of becoming a guy, maybe like Clay Thompson, but I just not a huge believer in it. It's like a 0.01% chance that it actually happens, you know what I mean? But you know, I, Kevin Herter type people underrate Kevin Herter's shot creation for himself. Like, Kevin Herter looks a lot like AJ Griffin coming out of college, so you know, I. Uh, that type of guy here, I could see fitting. AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin, and once again, bloggers disagree. They say Houston Rockets should tra- should draft Usman Dane. I could see that. I could see them choosing a boomer bus guy. Um, you know, they have the ability to put picks under that kind of guy, so I could see it. AJ Griffin probably won't last as long. This is just my draft. So, because Dyson Daniels and uh, Ty Ty Washington went in the lottery, some of the good players fell out of the lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty, you ready to transition? Well, if I'm the Chicago Bulls, I run at supersonic speed to turn in this draft pick to beat Jeremy Sohan for the Chicago Bulls. I mean, 
You want to talk about special defender, he's ridiculous. He guards one through five. This is a Scotty Barnes. This is an Evan Mobley. This is a guy that's just so special defensively, all defense level guy, first team. Reminds me a lot of Draymond Green and the versatility and the gifts that he has defensively, whereas he has great defensive IQ, really plays angles, really understands how to be strategic. And um, he's not like the greatest defensive mind ever like Draymond Green, where it's ridiculous, but... His gifts are insane defensively, and he plays with intensity. He understands that's his role, and he does an extremely high level. He's he's a good passer. He's a good rebounder. He's you know he shoots thirty percent from the three point line, so he can develop that. But for the Bulls, like they're ready to win now, and now their defense could use some help. And this guy can turn them into a top 15 defense in the league. Because when you pair Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and this guy together, it's special. And now you have a guy to go guard the forwards like a Jason Tatum. Like, um, you know, I can't think of any other forwards or guards off the top of my head where DeMar DeRozan doesn't have to guard him. Or, you know, Zach Levine doesn't have to guard him. And then now got, those guys can rest. Um, you know, kind of like the setup the Miami Heat have had for a while where they've had power forwards that guards the players that Jimmy Butler would usually guard. So he has time to rest defensively. And Jeremy Shohan would bring. I mean, this is a match made in heaven. If this actually happens, you know, Chicago Bulls are really going to get a lot better because Patrick Williams is supposed to have that role, but Jeremy Shohan is just so much better at it. You know, even though Patrick Williams is the fourth pick in the draft, Jeremy Shohan's a much more gifted defender, taller, you know, all those type of things. Yeah. Um, well, I could disagree. With 18, they have EJ Liddell. I've had him there before in one of my mock mock drafts, so I could see it. Um, but you know, if Jeremy Shohan's there, I'm choosing him. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. You ready to transition? Yeah. All right. So the next pick, man, we got a really interesting one. He might not be, you know, on my bed board, he's twenty two. He might not be the top two guys on the board, but Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, I said this earlier as a little bit of a teaser. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to draft guys that can defend. And Kendall Brown, six foot seven, six foot eleven. Um, Baylor goes back to back draft picks here. And um, he's special athletically, the most athletically gifted small forward in the draft. Um, really good defender. He's so athletic that he can cover his mistakes. He's just so ridiculously gifted athletically that, you know, he's a good, good defender and he's, he can sit the standstill three and that's what he's going to do in the NBA. And the Minnesota Timberwolves need that. You don't need any more shot creators on the team. You need guys to do their roles. And, um, this is a good fit here. So number bloggers disagree. They have Nikola, Nikola Jovic. Why well, say Nikola? <laughs> Nikola Jovic going eight nineteen to the Timberwolves. I mean, if he's there, congratulations! You just got really, really good for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's there, dear goodness, I'd be so excited. Minnesota Timberwolves actually do something right for once. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Number five guy on my big board. It's a fun thing, man. Wherever those guys go, interesting. Interesting right away. I'm excited. All right. Are you ready to transition to the next guy? Yeah. All right. 
So um, the next guy on my mock draft at 20, 20th pick in the draft, the San Antonio Spurs select the, let me see here, the 24th guy on my big board. Not one of the top three guys left, but he fits into their scheme. And Osmond Dang. Osman Deng's a really good passer. He's an international guy. They love international guys. Six foot nine, plays in the NBL, which is the league the Miller Ball played in, and Josh Giddy played in in uh, Australia. And he's a good perimeter shot creator for himself. He's not really an efficient player yet, but passing, length, perimeter shot creation, uh, upside, he's a San Antonio Spur. Because he's not overly gifted athletically, and that just even sounds more like a San Antonio Spur. So, I would I would go Osman Dang here for the Spurs at twenty. They need a forward. They have like no small forwards that you can like. Doug McDermott might be their starting small forward. That's how bad it is. And the bloggers disagree. They have Kendall Brown going number twenty to the San Antonio Spurs. I could see that. I, I could see that. I could see them doing that. I wouldn't, you know, I just drafted them one pick beforehand, so it's not that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So the next pick, we're going to choose um, Denver Nuggets, 21st pick in the draft. Number, let me see here, 23rd guy on my big board. Really excited about this. John Butler to Denver. Now, seven-footer, shoots 37% for the three-point line, developmental guy. Um, They don't really need – they just don't have any gaping holes where it's like, I need X, I need Y, and I need it now. So they can sit on a guy that has upside. Really athletic, um, really moves smoothly. He's built like a toothpick. He needs time to develop, um, but his three-point shooting and his defense and the intrigue of having two seven-footers on the floor in the future is really going to be um, the worth the pick here. So I choose John Butler at 21. And the bloggers disagree once again. They have Ochai Abajai. I could see that. I could see that. I think I had him there in one of my oh actually that's pretty funny. I he he might be later in the draft. I'm not going to actually break the eggs on that one. I'll keep my uh, I'll uh, put away the key and all that type of stuff. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> we'll go ahead and transition to the next pick. 22nd pick in the draft. Um let me see where he's at left. On the big board, he's the number one player left on the big board. He's at 19. Christian Coloco, seven foot center, seven foot five wingspan from Arizona. I mean, he's a volleyball show for him at the rim. Uh, he's a slim, ripped guy. He's really going to be a good lob threat, really going to be a good screener, really going to be a good shot blocker at the rim. And the special thing about him is fluidity and switching. Like, he can really switch. He's really gifted that way. That's why I view him so highly. And I really feel like. Having a long-term center for the Memphis Grizzlies past Steven Adams is going to be a good fit for the team. And just having a rotational center as well. They don't really have a great rotational center. They have a really good bench. They have really good pieces on the bench like Kyle Anderson. Um, and having a guy like this off the bench is going to be pretty special. He's a junior, so it's, it's not like he's like a baby-faced seven-foot center. You know, what I mean, He's been around. He's been in college for a while, so... I'm going Coloco here, number one guy on my big board left. 
Memphis Grizzlies. And number 22, bloggers disagree. They have Daylon Terry. Arizona shooting guard? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. He's getting a lot of hype um, because of two-way shooting guard, three and D potential. Um, he has no skill other than that, but, you know, that's that's his intrigue. I, I probably wouldn't pull the trigger on him because I have him, like, in the 40s on my big board, but I could, I could see where people are falling in love with him. Gifted athletically as well. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and transition to the next guy. The next guy in the the draft on the big board, um, he, on the big board, he is, let me see here, 28, 6'7", uh, 6'11", wingspan, EJ Liddell, power forward, Ohio State, goes here. The reason why he does a lot of things, first things first, he's a good three-point shooter, really well. Um, That's going to be useful off the bench for them. And they already have a six foot seven power forward and Tobias Harris. Like he's like Tobias Harris. We has a mid range shot creation for himself. He plays in the post and he uses his thick body. He's kind of built like PJ Tucker to bully people around. And, you know, he shoots three point shot really well. He's kind of like a poor man's Tobias Harris. So having a guy like that coming off the bench that fits and have another score for that team at a different position other than the guard position, the center position, could give them a different um, feel to their team. And I really feel like he fits what they do in Philly. So um, having him to back up Tobias Harris would make a lot of sense because you're already giving up things with Tobias Harris defensively. So why not give it up with his rotational piece to get the scoring that you already have? True. Um, so, with the 23rd pick, the bloggers say Jaden Hardy should go to the Philadelphia 76ers. I would not do that. I just, I mean, there's no point in having another guard shot creator on that team. Uh, you have Harden and Maxi, uh, and when there's other pieces that could fit on your team, I, I would choose something else. Yeah. Are we ready to change this to the next guy? Yeah. All right. With well, the next pick, 24th pick in the draft, we got the la- the next point guard, next best point guard on the big board. And on the big board, he is, let me find him real quick, 20. The highest guy left in the draft so far in this big board in Kennedy Chandler. Six-foot guy, um, really good passer, really can run the pick and roll quicker than uh, – Quicker than fast, quicker than vertical gifts. Six foot, six foot five wingspan. Shoots 36, 35% from the three point line. So he's a good shooter. So you're going to get good spacing for Giannis. And um, they need a third guard ball handler or third ball handler on that team that can make decisions at the guard position or guard slash Giannis because Giannis is the number one guy, right? He's a new one ball handler, but Drew Hall leads too. And then you think about it as like, really is George Hill going to bring you anything other than three and D like calling up a ball handler is a stretch. You know what I mean? Calling Grayson Allen a ball handler is a stretch and having another guy that can give you just a little bit of a punch of scoring as well off the bench at the guard position. It's a, good fit he reminds me a lot of patty mills um 
I really feel like this is the kind of guy they need. They need another shot creator on that team. And even though he's not like a great shot creator for himself, like Patty Mills, just by playing an efficient version of the point guard position with three-point shooting, he's going to be able to drop eight to ten points and give you value. Um, so I'm going Kennedy Chandler here. I, I've had this guy plugged in to this spot in the mock draft the whole time. He hasn't moved because it's a, it's a pairing made in heaven. And no surprise here. Bloggers disagree. They have Justin Lewis going to the Milwaukee Bucks 24. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else they have here. So <laughs> he says, yes, this yeah. is a reach. Let's get this out of the way immediately. Marquette's uh-huh. Justin Lewis is, is solidly yeah. rated as a second round pick. So why should the Bucks select him all the way up at 24? For one thing, the remaining prospects on the board, particularly at point guard, that are falling, don't move the needle for Milwaukee. And thanks to the Bogdan Bogdanovich fiasco, the Bucks don't have a second-round pick to work with in this draft. That means this pick is the Bucks' only chance to pick up a player who could contribute in the short term, and Lewis presents that exact opportunity. Lewis is 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan, and at 240 pounds, he appears to be a rare combination of strength and fluidity at the forward spot. He boasts a versatile offensive game, a seemingly reliable outside shot, can rebound on both ends of the court, but has the most upside on defense. Depending on his development, Lewis could become a contributor in the style of Grant Williams, Jay Crowder, or fan favorite PJ Tucker. Given how this mock draft was shaken out, has shaken out, that potential is more worth the reach than anyone else on this board for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, you know, having Kennedy Chandler there for the Milwaukee Bucks is just such a perfect fit. You just can't pass on uh kennedy chandler there so i'm gonna go ahead and transition to uh number 25th pick in the draft san antonio spurs are next in this mock and i'm gonna choose a guy i love here jalen williams he's uh seven six foot ten seven foot one wingspan um really great defender special defensively he's gonna switch he's gonna be able to guard multiple people and you know the spurs are gonna really love his versatility and his passing ability and his rebounding ability, and he's such a high basketball IQ guy that I could really see him fitting in the San Antonio Spurs system. Great charge drawer, just great defender in general. Um, he just really fits to what they want to do for the Spurs. He's a 21st guy on my big board. I'm really high because of versatility. He could be a six foot ten power forward, a six foot ten center. You know what I mean? You can rotate him in as a rotational center as well. So he's just a special body and a, a good mind, and I could just see them liking him. So we're gonna go ahead and transition to the next pick, number twenty six pick in the draft, and the Houston Rockets are gonna choose the fortieth guy on my big board, and they're gonna take a risk here because they have the ability to take risks, and that's Patrick Baldwin, six foot ten from. Um, uh, Pepperdine, I think, um, or actually no, Milwaukee College. Pepperdine was uh, somebody from last year's draft. Um, seven foot one, swing, swing, small forward, power forward. He's really smooth, really can shock rate. He has a lot of NBA moves. It's just that his stats are absolutely terrible. Twenty five percent from the three point lane, thirty four percent field goal percentage, at a lower, lower, lower level of basketball. So, it's a boomer bust pick here. But um, the way he shoots, the way he, the way he shot creates for himself, the way he moves. I mean, this guy was supposed to be a top ten pick preseason. Yeah, and I could really see why people would like him. So I'm, um, I'm gonna go Patrick Baldwin here at twenty six because the Houston Rockets. When you have 
all this youth, you have all this upside, you can take shots. And this is a shot in the dark. Um, the next pick is, you know, might not be the number one guy on my big board, but fits a need for the Miami Heat that I think they really need. They need a young developmental point guard that's on their team that they can have moving forward. And somebody I really view in that mold is a guy named Blake Wesley. Blake Wesley played at Notre Dame, six foot four, six foot nine, wingspan. Um, if this guy went, I think this guy should have went back to college because I really think he could have been a lottery pick if he would have been more efficient. But he's not an amazing passer, but he's a very average point guard passer. That's not really his intrigue. His intrigue is shot creation at the off the dribble and athletic gifts. It's really he can really score. Um, he can really get to the basket. He can really shot create for himself. It's just not efficient yet. It's like thirty percent or something like that. It's really low. Um, but with flashes of those things, you know, that's a young point guard that has high upside that I think the Miami Heat should take the shot on here. And, you know, the 28th pick, um, the Golden State Warriors choose Jake Lariva. Now, this guy is really low on my big board. Big board, he's number 45. But he's six foot eight, small forward from Wake Forest. He's a really good passer. Shoots the three-point shot really well. He's really slow. So I'm like, uh, there's just not much else he's going to do, you know, all that type of stuff. But Golden State Warriors, where they value passing and three-point shooting on the offensive end, will be able to look past his negatives defensively. And um, this is a, a scheme fit. This is a guy that fits well in the scheme. I could see them using him. Um, they could use another forward um, other than Jonathan Kaminga. And um, yeah, I could really see... Um, Jake Lariva here fitting on the Golden State Warriors, a guy that passes really well. So I'm really excited about this fit. At number 29, we have uh, Bryce McGowns, who's a little higher up on the big board. He is, let's see here, big board number 27, six foot six, six foot eight, wingspan, shooting guard um, from Nebraska. He's really thin, he's gifted athletically. Um, shoots 25% from the three-point line. Um, and you know, but he shoots 83% from the three-throw line. And if he is able to develop his three-point shooting ability and his shot creation, he could really be special on the consistent side and he can become an all-star. Not an all-star, but like a good shot creator for himself, a good starting shooting guard. And the reason why I'm really intrigued by him because it's perimeter shot creation where even though he doesn't shoot efficiently, he is shot creating for himself from the deep in the volleyball line and stuff like that, where it's NBA moves. And he was, he was the volume scorer for Nebraska, so he got to run a lot of pick and rolls and you know develop his basketball IQ sides of things and passing side of things. So I could see the Memphis Grizzlies wanting him to at least be a bench piece um, moving forward because six foot six, you can kind of use him at shooting guard and small forward at the, off the bench. So it's a little bit of a versatility benefit. And then this is going to be the last pick of part one of this podcast. We're going to do part one, one through 30 and part two, 31 through 58. And the last pick of this draft is uh, a funny thing. Chris brought up early was Denver choosing Ochai Bajai because I have him going here. This guy's ready to win now. He's very developed. Senior, six foot five, six foot ten, wingspan from Kansas. Um, good, really, really good three point shooter. Can come off screens. Really good defender. Reminds me a ton of Wesley Matthews. Um, 
you know, I didn't understand the lottery hype early on, but this is the kind of guy that could really be a good fit on a winning team. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about him. I would go Ochai Bajai here at number 30. You know, I'm really excited to bring you guys the second round of this mock later. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. And, uh, yeah, everybody have a great day. Peace out. I'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.